A date which will live in infamy. Both of those projects, initiatives, got off the ground because of the Guerrero. The 11 Olympic team members slain in West Germany. The Olympic Games. So geheist waren die Brüder in Amerika. So trauten Schabes at the guitar. Out of the 24 who were killed, were Americans who had come to learn in Kevin. I say one million Jewish children who were made to be cut in Whoever heard such beautiful words, It is never too little. It is never too late, and it is never enough. Jewish History Soundbites, bringing alive the world of our glorious past. Here is our host, live from Jerusalem, Jewish historian and tour guide, Yehuda Geberer. Welcome, everyone, to Jewish History Soundbites, another episode. This is Yehuda Geberer, and... Today, going to uh, fill in a uh, long-awaited debt um, of the Shiva's Torah Vedas, Part 3, um, with the first two parts uh, commemorating their centennial was a couple of months ago, and they promised a Part 3, so here it finally is. Better late than never. And the first part of this series, um, we discussed the founding of the yeshiva, uh, how it was founded in real early years. The second one, second part, was um, the early Russia yeshiva, finding the Russia, the appropriate Rosh yeshiva and the profile of a few of the early Russia yeshiva. And now we're going to advance uh, very little chronologically but just focus on other aspects of the uh, early years of the yeshiva. The main uh, figure at this point is, like I mentioned earlier, in the earlier uh, parts of this series, of Shraga Feivel Mendelovich, um, who was a Hungarian Jew. He had learned in the great yeshivas of Hungary, in Oberland, and by the Talmidim of the Chassam Soifer, the Ksav Soifer, before moving to America, he lived in Scranton for a while, and he's hired to become uh, first an eighth grade rebbe in the yeshiva, and uh, and then the principal. Now the yeshiva was, like I mentioned again, I mentioned it. I'm just summarizing at this point. Um, was at an elementary school in 1926. Rabbi Shraga opens the Masifta, and eventually, a couple of years, a few years later, he opens up the. Medrash, the post high school, and and of course we know all the other many institutions that he opened up later. He was someone who built Tyra his whole life, and most most Tyra in America can be attributed to him. He founded, you know, he founded Base Medrash Elyon. He he got Lakewood off the ground by sending the top guys to Rabbi Cutler when he came. He started Tyra Masaira. He trained teachers in Urbaim and sent them across America to spread Tyra. He literally was involved in everything. That's pretty much well known. But um, 
What I want to just mention before I move on to the next point is Reb Shraga Feivel's vision. Um, Reb Shraga Feivel saw in America an opportunity where others saw either hopelessness for the future of Yiddishkeit and also others saw that we have to keep things and we have to fight to keep things exactly as they were in Europe and that's the only way we're going to be able to maintain Yiddishkeit and Torah in the United States. He saw, those are the two extremes that existed. He saw something in the middle. He saw that we can, we can maintain Yiddishkeit and build Torah in America, but America offer, affords an opportunity that we did not have in Europe. And this was a very, very unique vision of Rav Shraga Feivel. And, um, and he tried to impart that vision to his students. And basically what, what the idea was that he said, first of all, America is the land of opportunity. It's the land of freedom. And that's, that's the air that we breathe here. So we can apply that to our building of Yiddishkeit and Taira. We have opportunity and we have freedom to do much more than what we had. In you know, it's a new place, a new place we can start um, from scratch and 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 build things the way the way we feel is the ideal way to do so. And he said, uh, here we have a gather in gathering of exiles to a certain extent. Jews were coming from all over Europe and moving to New York. And in the Lower East Side and in Williamsburg, where where Teradas was located, and other parts of of New York City and the area, there were Jews from all over, from Lithuania and Poland and Galicia and Ukraine and Russia and Hungary and Czechoslovakia and Romania. And we can draw on the rich traditions and legacy and worldview and styles of learning and Avodah Hashem and and incorporate all of that into our chinuch here in Taravadas and bring it all together and bring out the best of what the Jewish people has produced in their long exile and try to create some sort of synthesis on one hand. And on the other hand, give the individual student in Taravadas the opportunity to choose which derech talks to him the most. He said, I'm trying to build Yiddishkeit. I'm trying to make Yiddishkeit exciting. And not, all, not always does it work through the intellect. And he said, we have to have a hislavus, an excitement for Yiddishkeit, for Avodah Hashem. And therefore, singing and dancing was a major component of the yeshiva atmosphere during Rav Shraga Feivel's time. Shalashudases and get-togethers and other uh, events where Rav Shraga Feivel himself would lead it. And that was a major component. He, had, he incorporated different... Uh, um, subjects into the curriculum, which was very revolutionary for the time. He incorporated Tanakh and Diktuk, Hebrew grammar. Um, and of course, the reason that I like him is that he attached a big importance to studying Jewish history. And he knew Jewish history quite well. He had studied it himself on his own. And he, he felt that it was an important subject. And he tried to get that taught in the yeshiva. And many, many what we would call machshava or hashkafiks for him. Sifrei Hasidus, he taught Tanya, he learned the Tanya. In fact, it became a major event in the yeshiva, which is really a story in itself. That he, he learned the Tanya originally with a very, very fascinating fellow, a, a Chabad chassid by the name of Rabbi Chaim Avrom Daiv Ber Levin, who lived in the Bronx. 
and he was a big tzaddik and a big chassid, and his he was nicknamed the Malach, and he used to send students in Taravidas to go learn by the Malach, and then those students got influenced by the Malach and became Hasidim of his, and they became known as the Malachim. And then those students left Taravidas in a very, uh, a very not, uh, not great circumstances. And that's, that's, a, that's a whole story of the Malachim, which is a Hasidic sect that somewhat still exists till today. And it started in Taravidas with learning the Tanya, and but Rishagafayva learned Tanya with the uh, guys. He learned Kuzari, um, all the Rambam Sfarim, um, Nefesh Achayim, the Ramchal Sfarim, Reb Tzadik, and it really to expose them to Sfasemes, to a wide variety of sources in Jewish thought. Reb Shamshunafal Hirsch was a major influence on Reb Shagafayva in his younger years, and he taught that in the yeshiva. He encouraged. Uh, boys to study Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch's works, and that was influenced him in the way he ran the curriculum in the yeshiva as well. Um, so he really he told his students, "Don't stop gathering. Gather from everyone and anywhere within the Jewish, the rich Jewish uh, uh, legacy that we have of different streams of thought, and see what talks to your neshama, and see what excites you for Yiddishkeit, and that's what you should take as your as your way." And uh, that's what he was trying to build up. So, so not only was he able to connect to his students in that way, he was able to influence um, other, other, quite a variety of people on the outside of the yeshiva. He, he, he was able to help out the Satmarov when he came to, to uh, America after the war. He helped Ryan Cutler, as I mentioned, tells yeshiva and other places, other institutions. He also had an eye for hiring top-notch Rashi Yeshiva to give the top shiurim because he wanted the learning to be on the highest level possible along with everything else that he felt should be the chinuch of the yeshiva. And aside from the Rashi Yeshiva that we spoke about in the previous episode, time moves on and eventually he hires Rabbi Shleima Hyman, who we mentioned last time, when he dies quite young, um, he brings in um, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, which is a story in itself, and Rabbi Gedalia Shor, who actually learned in Tervedas, he was homegrown, he went through the farm system, as we say, and uh, he became a Rashiva there as well, and he was able to bring in, eventually he brought in a few of the Alta Mirrors from Shanghai, different stages in Tervedas, not him, obviously, his successors are Shagafayla, I'm already moving on, and uh, Shagafayla died in 1948, um, and is buried in Bnei Brak, they bring groups to uh, Kivrei Tzadikim around there at Yisrael. So Bnei Brak and Tel Aviv have lots of Kivrei Tzadikim. And one of the surprising ones is Rav Shraga Feivel. How did he end up at Bnei Brak? It's because he's support, he was, he was a, some, a bit of a Zionist, or more than a bit. And he uh, supported the, the Yishuv here. And he was very, very supportive of Rabitsha Gershton Korn, um, who the founder of Bnei Brak. They were very close and... Rabbi Chagashnikorn arranged that uh, Rabbi Shraga Feivel should be able to be buried in Bnei Brak. And, um, and beyond that, Rabbi Shraga Feivel also had... Oh, so what I was saying about the Rashi Yeshiva, excuse me. Uh, so one of the Altamirs who later on, way after Rabbi Shraga Feivel had passed on, who became Rashi Yeshiva, and one of the most famous and important Rashi Yeshiva in Taravadas' history, was Rabbi Elia Chazan, who was one of the one of the great students of Rabbi Baruch Ber and Kamenetz, and later learned in the Mir, 
Um, and uh, in fact, my wife's grandfather, who knew uh, Rebellion Chazan in the mirror, so the Altamir used to, you know, tease each other a bit. They had, they had this, you know, brotherly love and sense of humor with each other. And he met him, my wife's grandfather met him in, I guess, in Borough Park, uh, shortly after uh, Rebelli Chazan had been appointed Rosh Hashiv in Taravadas. And it was Shabbos. He met him on a Shabbos, walking to shul, I guess. And my wife Zayda said to him, Elia, du bizdocha Rosh Hashiva, vuz dein frak. You're a Rosh Hashiva now, so where's your frock? How come you're not wearing your frock? And Rebbe Chazan responded to my wife's grandfather saying, do you ever see a plumber wearing his overalls on Shabbos? You don't, because it's his work clothing. So I don't wear my work clothing on Shabbos as well. I do believe that he wore his frock on Shabbos later on in life, but you have to ask uh, people who knew him personally, which I unfortunately didn't. But at that point, that's 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 uh, how he uh, responded. In any case, one of Rabbi Shagafayvel's other talents was that he was able to reach out to Balabatim and get them involved with the yeshiva. Very famous philanthropists in the early days that he got them involved: Joseph Shapiro, Harry Hirsch, um, Joseph Rosenzweig, the, the two Feuerstein, Feuerstein brothers, Sam and Mo Feuerstein. And the most, uh, maybe the most famous and most important of all, uh, Harry Hershkowitz. Harry Hershkowitz was also a Hungarian Jew, uh, like Rav Shaga Feivel. He had come to the United States from Hungary at a quite a young age. Amazing that Hungarian Jewry is the one who built, uh, between Rav Shaga Feivel and Harry Hershkowitz, was the one who built Tervedas and ultimately Tyre in America. Very interesting. And, uh, you know, we usually attribute it to either Lithuanian or or Polish, or sometimes German, that the Hungarian Jews played a major role in those early years as well. Um, Harry Hershkowitz was a fascinating person. He was brilliant. He was um, a lawyer, an accountant. He worked for the IRS. He moved very high up into the IRS. He had a relationship with uh, FDR, with the, with the president. He ate several times at dinner in the White House, discussed tax codes, and he congressmen, justices in the Supreme Court. He was very, very important in the forming of the IRS tax code in those days, and very well connected with a lot of wealthy people. Eventually became, the IRS appointed him to be in charge of the district of Lower Manhattan for the IRS. And Lower Manhattan includes, included um, Wall Street. Um, so it was you know, pretty much the most important area for the IRS in the United States. A very important position to put him in contact with a lot of important people, both Jews and non-Jews, and he used those connections to help Tervidas, to help, uh, he met Rav Shagafaival in 1923 and fell in love with him, and, uh, and, and, and the two of them uh, worked together to build up the yeshiva and Tyra in the United States uh, you know, for, the, for the rest of the next quarter of a century. And Harry Hirschkowitz is a member of the board, and an insight to what, what Tervidas was like in those days was Sunday mornings, when everyone had off from work, the board would meet every Sunday morning. And the board would sit there and decide how, and to figure out how to meet the budget. Uh, the ones who had, to, who, had to, who had to meet the budget were the board. The ones who ran the yeshiva were the board of directors. And they had these dedicated balabatim who were Americans, who some had been had yeshiva education, most of them did not. 
and they're dedicated to the cause of Tayyar Vidas, and they're the ones who are covering the budget, they're the ones fundraising, and they're the ones creating the framework for this yeshiva to not only exist, but to flourish and grow. And Harry Hershkowitz, in fact, um, not just the board meetings, he would, anyone who had tried to give him a, a gift uh, for helping them out with the IRS, so he refused to take any gifts on principle because of his integrity. So he would tell them, give a donation to Tervadas. The Tervadas would very often get donations from non-Jews, hotshots on Wall Street because of Harry Hershkowitz. He once, uh, at his own daughter's wedding, uh, he stopped the music and the dancing. And with many higher-ups from the IRS, politicians from Wall Street, Jews also, he stops and he says, this is a great and happy day for me. I'm marrying off my daughter. But I want you to know that the Rabbeim and Tara Vadas have not been paid for several weeks. So I think instead of giving gifts to, the, to my daughter and her husband, you should just give donations to Tara Vadas. He was a, really an amazing person. Um, he helped many other institutions also. He started off uh, Lakewood. He's very close to Baron Cutler. Baron Cutler actually gave a hespit at his Leviah. Um, he was very active in the Vat Hatzalah during the war. He helped other yeshivas start off, and he 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 really um, he really was uh, was a special person, very dedicated in in, in every way to Torah Vedas and to building Torah in America in general. In fact, his family stayed involved. And it's very interesting. His he died in 1954. He was in his 60s. And Rabbi Cutler, like I said, he gave a hespid. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky and Rabbi Gidal Yashor as Rashi Yeshiva of Tayyar Vadas gave a hespid. And, uh, and uh, later when Tayyar Vadas moved from Williamsburg to Kensington, where they are today, so the building was named after Harry Hershkowitz. I, I haven't been to the building in probably like 20 years or so. But I, I, I believe that it's still today, at least the original building is like that. At least it was like that for many, many years that the building is named for him. His wife, Etta, stayed involved with the yeshiva, continued his work, and she was the guest of honor at the Yeshiva Tayyar dinner in 1972. And I don't know how many yeshivas would honor a woman as the guest of honor today, but in 1972 it happened, and it gets better. His daughter stayed involved with the yeshiva after his, her father died, and she was on the board. She was on the board of directors. There's another woman, Myrtle Hirsch, who was on the board, and there are two women on the board of Tayyar helping the yeshiva uh, build up and continue. So that's a very interesting uh, uh, addition to that. The Tayyar was able to sustain that, and her daughter, his, uh, Harry Hirschwitz's daughter, got honored by a later dinner as well. So you have that component of, of in, in Tayyar history. Uh, too. So, so the, the, the yeshiva's success, especially in the early years, is not only in its talent that Ushraga Fival Trail blazed the way of giving the students a, a wide variety of, of, of content, of, of subject matter in, throughout the full gamut of, of Jewish thought, and it's not only in the way that he tried to emotionally reach his students by giving them an excitement for Yiddishkeit, by making an emphasis about dancing and singing and having an excitement for mitzvahs and for learning. 
And it wasn't only his talent in bringing in the top-notch Rosh Yeshiva, but it was also, and this made the growth of Taravadas the success that it was in those years, by having important Balabantim get heavily involved in the Yeshiva. And they became dedicated to the cause. They formed the board, and it was people, especially someone like Harry Hershkowitz, who threw themselves fully into it, that really created this situation that these Balabantim were able to lift it up and carry the burden of the yeshiva and uh, be completely dedicated to the cause of building Tyre in America, which was an anomaly in those years. It wasn't the accepted trend. And here they said, and they recognized it, and they recognized the importance to go ahead and, and, and build this up. And that's how the yeshiva moves into the 1950s and 1960s. So this was Yehudi Geber with Jewish History Soundbites. Um, you can reach me at ygebss at gmail.com for questions, comments, sources, and of course trips to hear about these great people, see these great places, to encounter the past across Europe and other places to where Jews lived throughout history and confront it. So any trips that you have with your families, your shuls, your any other group that gets together, we can arrange a trip and really make the past alive and, and connect to that. You can also subscribe to Jewish History Soundbites on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and family. And you can follow us on Twitter at JSoundbites. And I hope you enjoyed.